The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program. This is of course Madrasa on A, the Hajj edition and you are tuned to 91.3 FM and I'm going to be in your company up until Asr inshallah. You know my name by now, I'm Yasmina Peterson and in studio I do have with me Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. For now I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh where we are going to be continuing as the way we stopped yesterday as well as Sheikh doing the opening for us inshallah. Sheikh Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine, alhamdulillah. And how's yourself and yourself? Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. 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 Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi sharrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli. Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una wa anfa'ana bima allamtana. وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله all thanks and praise due to Allah always and forever we cannot thank Allah enough for this great favors that Allah has bestowed upon us may Allah grant us to be worthy of it may Allah grant us the necessary ability to be appreciative to the least of our possibilities for that is what Allah wants for us may Allah grant us that insha'Allah and may Allah grant us to be of those people who follow the tariqah of his beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the best of our abilities. Ameen. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow their path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Um, as for our uh, recap, or before the recap, inshallah, allow us to be able to make the opening dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wal-aqibatu lil-muttaqeen, wal-jannatu lil-muahideen, wal-a'udwana illa adha-zhalimeen, wal-salatu wal-salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal-mursaleen, sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله as for the recap, as from where we went on yesterday, with the history, we've been into the process of the history of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, having been a young man and being able to get married to Khadija, and from there onwards his developments that he had in the Haram of Makkah. We went to the issues of the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam um, being married to Khadija went to the issue of the, 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 the Jabal Noor having to be busy at Jabal Noor with the fact that he wanted to go into seclusion and wanted to be able to ponder and think of the reasons why the world is what it is like for the human race and how can they find a means of success for the world that they live in and subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his life has been for hajj with the people that has been for hajj we've seen that and we've identified to the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after some time having been for hajj have been to Mina in the process of hajj and then after the time of the demise of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi of the, the demise of the wife of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, um, Khadija radiallahu anha, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's uncle, 
Both of them died in the same year. It was a sad moment just for the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was looking for a place where he can find uh, to be able to be a stable place for the benefit of his Sahaba radiallahu anhum and for the benefit of the development of this deen. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent his people to uh, um, Abyssinia to go there and meet up with the leader of Abyssinia where they had some freedom and after some time those people came back. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also went to look around at any other places to see whether he could get some assistance and help. But it so happened that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam having been to Mina, meet up of the Hujaj every year that comes gets to meet up with a group of people who came from Yathrib and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was then invited by the people of Yathrib to come there who then becomes the Ahlul Hijra or the Baladul Hijra, the place of, of Hijra that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba goes to and those people welcome the Nabi and welcome the Sahaba but the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has forwarded them a a person whom the Nabi sallallahu alayhi was going to be the, lead, the, the messenger of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be able to guide them and make them understand what Islam is all about and to give them some exposure of this Quran Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and this thing happened with them and then those became the people who became what was known as the Ansar of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the hijrah takes place and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in the process of the hijrah departing from Makkah with Abu Bakr and the guide takes him through the process of having to be able to meet up with a moment where he goes sallallahu alayhi wa on that journey through the route that normally goes from Makkah up to, Pal- up to, to, to Syria and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa on that uh, path, the Nabi sallallahu stopped there and it brought pain to know that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had to leave the city of Madi of Makkah for the first time. Now he was departing and saying farewell and he greeted Makkah and he said to Makkah, had it no, not been for the fact that Allah, uh, that this was, uh, this, this was been done by my people, I would never have left you. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah then sent words of revelation to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa at that ju- at that juncture to allow the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to find the support of that of Allah ta'ala and the fact that he needs not to worry. Allah promises him, Allah ta'ala says to him in this verse, إِنَّ الَّذِي فَرَضَ عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنِ لَرَادُّكَ إِلَى مَآدِ Subhanak, don't worry Muhammad, don't get upset, don't feel uncomfortable, don't worry. We will bring you back. We guarantee the person who has made it for you, a fard upon you, to be able to, to understand and to carry out and to deliver this Quran to humanity. He will bring you back to the city. He will bring you back to Makkah. To that place where your, your heart and desire is, you will be brought back. And we've gone into the process of that. And there the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, prior to having been to this, on the route, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, went in a cave known as Jabal Thur, part of those places that the Hujaj normally goes to. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And then from there onwards we saw what happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As we said, in the second year of the Hijrah, there was the Battle of Badr. In the third year of the Hijrah, there was the Battle of Uhud. In the fifth year of the Hijrah, there was the Battle of Handak. Then in the sixth year of the Hijrah, Allah placed it in the heart of the Nabi through a dream where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw the Kaaba and saw the, 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 what happened with having the husband in his heart and desire to want to be, to perform a tawaf around the Kaaba. And this desire the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then expressed to the Sahaba and they went off to, to Makkah with the intention to go for an Umrah. And it's been the norm under the normal law that everybody that comes from everywhere around the world would be welcome to come in and to perform an Umrah. Because it also adds to the caliber and the quality of the Quraysh and their status and their position. And at the same time, they, the people will be bringing everything of good qualities and value from wherever they come from. They will bring it into. So the process of this international market can be then for the benefit of humanity.
Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah Ta'ala allows that to happen and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam leaves off for the Umrah and then gets to, to that moment where he needs to come into for the Umrah and so Allah Ta'ala decides, I'm sorry, the Quraysh decides that they are not going to allow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to enter in and they're going to put all the things difficult for him to prevent him from coming in simply because he's the enemy. He is the enemy and he, according to them, he is the one that breaks down the processes and according to them, he brought them this new religion and this religion is destructive and this religion is not of benefit and this religion do harm according to the Quraysh processes and this religion breaks down the families and this religion separates the parents from the mothers. They do not see the beauty and the wonder and the greatness of this religion. That's why they saw only that side, that negative side at that moment. And when because of that, what they saw, they felt, and they've even had major battles with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where many of the major people, the major leaders of them was killed. So they felt uncomfortable about the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his people and they prevented them from coming in. And they didn't allow, that. this is what happened in the sixth year. They called the area, uh, the place of uh, uh, um Hudaybiyah and Hudaybiyah uh, becomes in the, the, the we, we Allah mentions in the Holy Quran about the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba who makes it takes an oath under a tree uh, and they take an oath there that they will not leave they will be seeing that what they probably can do to the best of their ability to see that the process is that they go forward from here onwards. For now, handing back over to Sheikh to continue. Sheikh Tafato. Shukran Jazakallah Yes, Mina, just before we were speaking on the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And the Treaty of Hudaybiyah took place in the, the sixth year of the Hijrah as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam intended to perform Umrah that year for the first time after having been to Medina, after, after the Hijrah. So the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gets to the era called Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah is also a, a, a one of those areas where um, we say... The, the Haram of Makkah, they, 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 when we speak about the Haram of Makkah, we don't speak about the Masjid al-Haram, not the Masjid, the Haram. Haram means the reserve area of Makkah. The sacred area of Makkah, Hudaybiyah, is on the border of, the, of, of that, which means they did not allow the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to come into the Haram aspect of the, of the, of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were all in, 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 in Ihram. They were all in ready to come and do the Umrah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was then stopped with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum at Hudaybiyah. And the circumstances became uncomfortable. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were all giving support to the processes of what needs to happen. And they were going to see how best they can go through. Qadr Allah, it ended up in the day that there was a treaty signed by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the people of Makkah. And the, the the base of that con the the, the uh, um, base of the the treaty looked at what needs to happen in the future. First and foremost, that they were not going to fight one another for the next few years, right? But they can identify one another as enemies, and that they um, can allow the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to come in the next year as what we call the badal of the of the umrah that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to do in the sixth year. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was also going to be allowed to be able to have whatever allies that wants to join up with him can be his allies. And Quraysh would have their own allies. They would, each and every one would have their own allies, those allies of them and themselves, which means the allies of Quraysh and the Quraysh itself may not be attacked by the Muslims. And if the Muslims do attack them, then it's going to be a violation of this treaty. But at the same time, the others on the other side, that Quraysh would not attack the Muslims for the next few years, and at the same time, the, Mus the Quraysh would not, and the allies of Quraysh would not attack the Muslims, and would not attack the allies of the Muslims also. So, so it's a broad uh, contract that was agreed by the, the people of Quraysh and the, peop the, the, the Muslims but it's not dealing with them only it's dealing with them and their allies now their allies are those people, those tribes from wherever in the Arabian Peninsula that actually agreed with the Muslims or supported the Muslims or supported Quraysh 
right? Now there's you could either be on the Quraysh side or you could be on the the the, the, the Muslim side. Many, many, many tribes was on the Quraysh side, and the reason for this is because they found they knew the caliber and the quality of Quraysh at that time. There was not many of them who joined the Muslims. Some of them did join the Muslims, Subhanak. But it so happened that in the in uh, the, the Titi Hudaybiyah ends off with the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam returns back, and in the seventh year the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam comes to do what we call the Badal Umrah. When the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam comes to do the Badal Umrah, we have given there the explanation of what has happened with the processes of the Haram, of the fact that they need to open the body, and the difficulty that they went through in the travel of the rain that was coming down completely uh, excessively. And the extent of the coughing, the weaknesses that they had. Quraysh thought this an opportunity for them to be able to strike. But when they saw, and Allah guided them, saw that the Muslims came in with a rummel around the Kaaba. And a portion of their body is open whilst they are being feeling weak. They couldn't believe that if this is what they are like when they are weak, what would they do if they had ammunition in their hands and they would meet up with us? And they, the Quraysh, knew at that moment they were weak and down at that moment. And had the Muslims been strong, they would have been gone. Subhanallah. So they've learned the lesson of what happens. And Allah creates this process of the opening up of the haram and the ramal around the Kaaba should be a process that's going to stand as a lesson for us to, to know until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Then, then Allah, Allah grants the process of after the Umrah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stayed there for three days and enjoyed the place. And after three days, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went back. And then in the eighth year of the Hijrah, at the beginning of the eighth year, some matter happened between some allies of Quraysh to be able to strike some of the people of the allies of the Muslims. And the fact that they uh, strike the allies of the Muslims mean then the Quraysh and the allies have violated. And in the violation which Allah has decreed, it becomes the means that Allah Ta'ala allows the, um, the Muslimin to be able to take over Makkah again. And Allah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then joins the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum with all his allies to be able to stand with him. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam walks into Makkah. Allahu Akbar. And Allah Ta'ala grants the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the eighth year of the Hijrah the great status of Fatwa Makkah where Makkah becomes clean and clear of any form of kufr from there onwards no kufr can be affected into the process of Makkah and nobody of kafir stays there and only those who are Muslim may be able to make tawaf around the Kaaba and they can only allow Muslimin to come in and no, never can a non-Muslim come into Makkah from there onwards Subhanak. that is the law of Allah Allah grants the process so that Islam can be established and Islam can open up the path and the Qibla of the Muslim Ummah which is Makkah becomes in a norm for humanity and they have the freedom for Tawaf and the freedom for actually doing Hajj and Umrah. And this is the reason why Allah has done this. In, this happened in the, fifth, the, 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 fourth, the uh, eighth year of the Hijrah in the process of having, after having to be able to perform the the Fatru Makkah in Makkah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that year went into another area not far from Makkah to be able to have a battle there. And some of the people of Makkah attended with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when the battle came to its end, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam actually gave off the booty of the battle to a, a, gr a great amount of the booty was given to the people of Makkah. And when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in the, the form of the, the people of Medina, who has been there for the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa all the time, saw this happening, they felt uncomfortable. They thought, we, we fought the battle with you all the time, but, but now you're giving this to the people of Makkah. As if they felt the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was actually giving a message to be able to say, I'm going back to Makkah. I'm going to leave Medina. I'm not going to come back to Medina. I'm, I'm back with my people. I've interacted with them and they've, they've given me support now. So I'm going to come back to Makkah. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made it very, very clear. When the Quraysh, when the, the Ansar expressed the uncomfortable feeling of this, 
the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made clear to them and said to them, wherever Ansar goes, wherever the Ansar goes in their life, I will go. And I will not be, I will not go to, to Makkah ever, come back to Makkah ever. I will be, I will come, and only there where the Ansar goes there I will go, and I will stick to the processes of what I've been, and the support of the people of Medina. I will be with them and remain with them until Allah takes me away. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. That made the people of the Ansar made feel so happy. But the Nabi said, but what I gave to them is because they were the people who did not have who had yesterday, they, they, they don't have. Today they are weak. Besides that, they are relatives of mine. But because they've now entered into Islam that's new, I want to buy their hearts into the love of this deen. Subhanak la hawla la illa billah. And it was proven that the people of Makkah became the, those wonderful people where that is concerned. And Allah granted them that that brings about the end of the Fatwa Makkah. And the end of the eighth year of the Hijrah of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam returned back to 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 Medina. In the ninth year of the Hijrah, now we need to understand that Makkah now belongs to the Muslimin. It's in, in the power of the Muslim hands, and it is uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's Islamically permissible to be able to be in in and out of it. And remember the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he says no kafir may be able to enter into it. And he made it very clear that the people who have been for hijrah prior, their hijrah has been accepted as hijrah to Medina. Now that Islam has been opened up, the people of Makkah don't need to go for hijrah. They just need to get to understand this religion better and need to see that they implement it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then sent of some of his sahaba radiallahu anhum from Medina now to able to go to Makkah and to be able to educate the people in Makkah about Islam and so that Islam becomes an establishment in the city of Makkah as well Subhanak. and then in the ninth year of the Hijrah the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was now this country now belonged to the Muslimin and so there was norm and every year there was Hajj and people came for Umrah for all these years prior but with the issue of Fatho Makkah the, the Hajj needs to be an establishment that takes place in the, the ninth year in the, under the power and control of Islam. And obviously the leader and the sole leader is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa which is directly from the Lord of the universe, the Lord of Makkah, the Lord of the land, the Lord of this world, which is Allah. Allah ta'ala then sends his message to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could be sending Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to be able to represent the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the first hajj in Islam. Now if I say the first hajj in Islam, the first hajj the, that humanity would be doing under the banner of Islam because prior to then there was not Islam in Makkah. Now under the banner of Islam people could be going for Umrah and for hajj under the auspices of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, being the representative of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that year sent Sayyidina Ali afterwards to be able to liaise with the message of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the, reverse, the verses that was revealed by Allah ta'ala in the Holy Quran pertaining to what must be done. On the Hajj, Sayyidina Ali was sent by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he went off and he also participated with them and he guided them in accordance with what Allah and His Rasul has guided, uh, has been given to for the benefit of Abu Bakr to be able to see that he takes the leadership of that. That brings us to the process of the first Hajj of the Nabi of, of, of Islam and the first Hajj in Islam happens to be in the ninth year of the Hijrah. But in the tenth year of the Hijrah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam gets the message and informs the public that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself would be going to be able to perform the Hajj that year. Shukran so much Sheikh. For now I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where we stop. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that volunteer Yasmina. We stopped at the point of the ninth year of the Hijrah where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam forwarded off Abu Bakr radiallahu an to be able to be representative of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be able to perform what is known to be the first Hajj in Islam.
Now, um, um, I have mentioned this, but allow me just to repeat it. The first Hajj in Islam means the first time when Islam is in charge of the country called Makkah and they have the power to be able to use their, their rights and position and they can see to the establishment of the truth and the haqq and remove the batil and take the arms and the wrongs away and see that the worshipping of Allah Ta'ala around the Kaaba is not an entertainment of diversity of religions and people but only those issues that which Allah has sent the messenger with with to guide mankind to success so that the human race can come out of the darkness so that the human race can become humane so that the human race can become true slaves of their Lord so that the human race can develop to be able to reap the success of this world and success of the year after may Allah grant you and me to be part of that and to understand that processes and so subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Allah grants the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then to send Abu Bakr radiallahu anhum and then after Abu Bakr after he has left with his group of people who goes for Hajj from Medina the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abu Bakr sent Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu to be able to inform Abu Bakr as to what is the verses revealed by Allah Ta'ala pertaining to Hajj and what is the, the advice of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for Abu Bakr that he needs to implement and see that it's been carried out with the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum that Hajj then gets executed and come the Nabi Sallallahu and, and Abu Bakr comes back after having performed the Hajj and obviously he comes back after the Hajj period Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah but now we need to understand it has still some connotations of what is within the act of the time of Jahiliyyah. Allah Ta'ala do send, do then send messages to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to guide Abu Bakr that they do not go back to the processes of the shirk that there has been done at Makkah. Of the idol, worshipping of idols or of having to do things that is not norm, that's not. And so thus part of the process in that year happens when the people perform the Hajj that year that they go around they, they, they wanted to be able to go Austin Abu Bakr indicated them to go to to after the, the, the Tawaf to go to the Sai and then they went to go to the Sai at the Sai point of Safa and Marwa there was big idols massive 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 idols put onto Safa and, and, and one on Marwa that stood very very high in the sky that 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 was there and people were seeing that and they were the 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 the, the time of Jahiliya the idol the idol worshippers and was also idol worshipping went on around there so the people that came in for Umrah or for Hajj after the Islamic processes became open was didn't find it very very easy to go there and perform the, the, the Tawaf or Sai there they found that these were the places that the people were idol worshipping so Allah to reveal the ayah um, Allah says, Inna Safa wal Marwata min Sha'a'iri Allah. Faman Hajjal Bayta Awi'atamar Falajunaha Adayi Ayyat Tawa Fabihima. Waman Tatawa Akhairan Fa'inna Allah Shakirun Alim. Inna Safa, Vili Safa, and Marwa min Sha'a'iri Allah. They are both of the great signs of Allah Ta'ala. Or of the sacred signs of Allah. فَمَنْ حَجَّ الْبَيْتَ Whosoever goes for Hajj at the Baytullah أَوِعْتَمَرْ Or do an Umrah فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِ There is no harm upon them أَيَّتَّوَّفَ بِهِمَا To be able to perform the Tawaf between Safa and Marwa as the reason to be able to realize that it belongs to Allah. Allah wants to glorify the processes of what happens to Safa and Marwa. Yes, it has been abused by the people of Kufr. But it didn't belong to them. They've placed the idols there. It belongs to Allah's slave that actually was in total submission to Allah when Allah brought her from with Nabi Ibrahim to the land. And she was the one who gave ownership and honor and dignity and preference to Safa and Marwa. 
in that process of having to realize her submission to Allah and her commitment to her Lord Allah and Allah has kept it as a means to keep her history alive for us and so that you and I can be able to realize how fortunate we are to be able to mention her name Sayyidatina Hajara and that we should be feeling absolutely proud and Islam wants us to revere and honor and dignify Ibrahim and his family by the name of Sayyidatina Hajara and Ismail and their role and their role and the, that they played within the issue of Hajj and in that year Allah says in Safa Veli Safa that place that Hajra went to one Marwa and the other part that Mur- she ran to from Safa to Marwa Min of the great signs and the great sacred signs of Allah so if you want to do the Hajj at the Baytullah or the, or the Umrah Allah sees no sin against you if you do not go back to the processes of the harms that you do, do in the time of Jahiliyyah if you now establish the law of Allah Allah sees no sin against you فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِ أَيَّ بِهِمَا to make the tawaf against in it Instead, Allah says, وَمَنْ تَتَوَّأَ خَيْرًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ سبحانك. If anybody comes there to put in commitment and dedication and be prepared to walk and to run and to move between Safa and Marwa in glorification, in submission to Allah and in recognition of their weakness and their faults and their errors and realizing how weak they are and realizing that they are part of the human race who will constantly be in need and come to appreciate the favors of Allah فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ Then verily Allah Allah Ta'ala is appreciative. Allah says, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ Allah appreciates it extensively that you can come to the realization of what happened to Sayyidatina Hajra. And Allah tell us well aware of your actions and your commitment. May Allah open the path for Allah Hujjaj, inshaAllah. I mean, Sheikh is branching into the ninth and tenth year of the Hajj, and now we're going to be handing back over to Sheikh to continue. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakallah Khair for that word, Yasmina. Yes, just before the break, we um, actually dealt with the area of the ninth year of the Hijrah, and we said the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has forward uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiAllahu Anhu for that, and we've went into the issues that dealt with uh, some of the main issues for the period of the ninth year. Um, and Alhamdulillah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, having sent his representative, representatives comes back after the Hajj, and the Hajj has now been produced and been established now for what we call in Islamic Hajj that needs to be established thereafter. In the 10th year of the Hijrah, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gets a message from Jibreel who informs him to say to him to inform the public that he is going for Hajj and is inviting everybody to Hajj with him of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Allahu Akbar. And thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam informs everybody and the information sent wide in the Arabian Peninsula, Islam, Islam is now established, Islam is now becoming development and Quraysh is not Quraysh no more. So everybody who's been Quraysh has now entered into Islam or most of those people, the allies of Quraysh, has now become the allies of Islam. And because Islam has become a known and a strong and revered uh, um, organization or a, 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 a religion or a deen, and so everybody then subscribes to that. And they, no, no, the, the base of the people that was joined the Quraysh used to look at the processes of the powers that there is at play amongst the people of Quraysh. And these powers or the political powers at play has made the fact that other people has become allies of this. And this very historical process of what has happened prior has become the political process of what you and I are living with today. People join to be able to be the allies of people because of political strength and political power that they give. Sometimes they are absolutely weak. They have got no power whatsoever, but they've got political muscle and brag and boast and, and scream and all that. And they give, give the impression that they are subhanak. And not realizing that strength lies in Allah always. Wa lillahi wa 
walillahi al-'izzatu wa lirasulihi walil mu'minin allah says that power only belongs to allah and to his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the believers may allah grant us as muslimin to come to realize that power does not lie in the political processes and so but the world today is living that and they're only doing a replica of what's happened in the time of jahiliyyah they've been jahiliyyah and they've gone back to that jahiliyyah and you and i can choose whether we also want to be part of that jahiliyyah or we come to realize that we are the strong muslimin and we need to be able to be able to see that we bring about the establishment of true islam like allah has granted via the fact of fatho makkah and the hajj of makkah becomes a, a establishment of true islam in the human race you and i are today challenged with having to be part of those people who see that you and i strive to establish true islam back in society for allah says walillahi al-'izza power belongs to allah walirasulihi and it belongs to his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam walil mu'minin afud to the true believers may allah grant us to be part of those true believers and those people who have the zest and desire and the wish and the want to want to be part of the true believers because there's many people that say that they believe us but we see the world and we see the uncomfort that is it and i'm not here to be able to speak ill about anybody realizing who we are may allah grant us to be amongst him grant us to be of those who strive to be able to establish islam within ourselves for true believers is seeing that they look and in they do it total introspection of themselves they work at themselves they work at becoming better people whoever they are no matter what good they have they strive to improve the qualities of what they are they strive to recognize what is the true islam sent by allah to his prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam they ask themselves are they living that islam are they living that and living to see that that is part of themselves and the environment that they create May Allah grant us to be that. And that is what Allah Taala granted through the process of having to see that you and I lived in this hour and you and I realize that we're living in the last hour of life. And if you and I are not going to want to establish to Islam, our children might not be able to see success and might not be able to be the people who take the, the fruits of success to the future. May Allah protect us and our offspring and grant us that strength of ability to be able to to build that zest and desire and to want to see that we love Islam and we are Muslims and we love the real and the true Islam sent by Allah to his prophet acted out by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam which is the only way for every one of us to enter this deen nobody can be a muslim if he follows the quran like some people want to say they the followers of the quran so they know they will be part of the kufr that they exist because they come with a distorted message there is no true islam unless there is allah in this quran and the sunnah of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam works hand in hand in total submission as it's been done by allah tell in his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam from its beginning if it doesn't end on exactly the same note forget about us may allah to protect all of us and realize how serious this matter is it's not a joke it's not a game you don't want to do what you want to it's not your own interpretation it's not mine either it is what has been sent by allah and his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may allah grant us to realize that may allah open the path for us may allah grant us insight and understanding may allah grant us to be able to walk that path irrespective of it becomes difficult the value is great for the future may allah open that path for all of us ya rab and so allah to grant the process of the fact that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam performs performed the hajj that here then subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah we are going to be finishing the lesson that is of course uh, hajj the uh, madrasan a hajj edition so we are going to be finishing the lesson in terms of the 9th and the 10th year of hajj inshallah so we i'm going to be handing over to sheikh to continue where we stop sheikh tafadhal shukran jazakallah khair for that one and yasmina just before the break we were looking at the fact that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has left the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has gone for hajj in the 10th year of the hijra 
Now we need to look at the processes from a broad sense with the historical process. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has Allah granted him to be able to live in the city of Mecca, born there until the age of 40. Nubuwa came to him from the age of 40 to 52 to 53 he was spending in, in, in Mecca. And at the age of 53, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started in Medina to be able to pass over the message in the various years. And we've seen the years developing as we've gone into the history. At his knees reached the, the level of the 10th year, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was now being given the message by Jibreel to be able to perform the Hajj. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has established the Hajj. One of the things that we need to look at from the side of the development of Islam, the historical process of the development of Islam is in the in the, the era after the, the Fathu Makkah, the ninth year of, of, of the Hijrah. Many people came to Medina, many tribes came to Medina and they came and they showed uh, 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 the fact that they entered into this deen of Islam and remember the words of Allah in the Holy Quran إِذَا جَاءَ النَّصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا يَا رَبْ Those words when Allah says إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ When the help of Allah will come the help of Allah will come and Wal-Fatah and the victory of Makkah. And you, you will be given the help to become a strong nation, to develop Islam, to pass over this message of the true Islam to humanity, to take them out of the part of Jahiliyyah and of ignorance, of stupidity, and of the, the following the various trends and various forms of life. When the help have come for that, and they now are those people who are true Muslimin, submitted to Allah, to carry over this message, to love it for the sake of Allah, and to love it and don't mind to die for its sake. Subhanak, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ And you see that humanity come in the ninth year, they will come in the droves to enter into this deen. وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا In droves, this Allah. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ Give honor and dignity and purification to Allah and righteousness to Allah. Uh, revere your Lord by making tasbih excessively. Give that honor and dignity to Allah. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ By the gratitude that Allah, for the fact that Allah has given to you all the favors of Allah. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ And seek pardon and forgiveness for the sins and the weaknesses and the follows of your followers and your people. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا Verily your Lord is most forgiving. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. And we've seen this happen thus we see Allah allows the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to then be given the message in the 10th year to be able to perform the hajj. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes off to perform this hajj. And you and I have been on the hajj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as part of our message. We've seen what has happened when Jabir uh, radiallahu an described to us the processes and showed the Sahaba radiallahu anhum of what they did on hajj with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We just want to give ourselves a reminder as the last part of this lesson. The fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did this hajj, there's two things that we need to take heed of. One, the last khutbah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And for the sake of your sanity in Islam and my sanity in Islam, you and I need to go and to understand and read the message and see what we understand in the tafsir of this message of the khutbah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now there's various things in that message. It comes down to the fact that Allah Ta'ala has made us human beings. We need to be able to be the representative as Muslims, to the representatives of humanity, to show them truth, to grant of them in our character, in our behavior, in our mannerism, that we give to them the real truth of Islam, that we expose them to the understanding of Islam. And 
that we need to revere one another. We need to honor every other Muslim. We show respect to each and every Muslim that there is. So if somebody is Muslim, you and I need to respect them. You and I need to give them honor because this is the honor Allah has given to them. You don't give it because you can or you have it. No, you must give it because you've been commanded, you've been forced and you need to love every Muslim. And you need to realize if you owe them a penny, you've stolen from them and it will be kept against you Yom Al-Qiyamah. And if you remove their honor and their dignity and you insult or you ridicule or you take anything from them, you, it will be kept against you Yom Al-Qiyamah unless you get pardon from them and you go to them and you seek from them what you've taken from them and if you don't it will be kept against you this is this is Allah this is the first, first part of that message of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that every Muslim Allah's made them give them honor and dignity that the honor and the dignity of this place Makkah in the hour of Hajj and the land of Hajj subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and then the, the, the next part of that message speaks about the fact that all the sins and the wrongs and the negative things that have happened in the time of Jahiliyyah, like in the time of the secularism that we were living, and we think this, the time of secularism is the great sign, this time of secularism is the highest time of Satanism. And if we are not prepared to be able to see it as the Jahiliyyah, that is the worst, and Allah says there will be a Jahiliyyah that will come after Islam. May Allah protect us. A jahiliyyah that will be worse than the jahiliyyah that has been before, right? And Allah says to us in the Quran, reminding us of the fact that we must not wish to be able to entertain the worst jahiliyyah that is going to come in times like today that you and I are living. May Allah protect all of us. Shukran so much, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah, we have received a question that came through, Sheikh, on our WhatsApp number. And it says, Yes, Salam, Sheikh, I hope that you are well. We receive the invitation from almighty allah to go on hajj so the hajj operator called me unfortunately i could not go this year so i don't understand the invitation how the invitation work who is an invitation and allah will grant me the year to go on hajj even though i received the call from the operator to go this year pardon me for my lack of understanding shukran for that man jazakillah khair you don't need to to seek uh, pardon for things of that nature sister I appreciate the question because there's many others who most probably need the, the answer more than you and I. Alhamdulillah, as for the invitation, first and foremost, all of us has been invited by Allah. Remember the words when Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ حِجُّ الْبَيْتِ We all owe Allah the Hajj. We need to go for Hajj. And then the invitation given by Nabi Ibrahim has been given to us. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us the understanding of the fact that when we need to perform this ibadah, it is an ibadah that comes from Allah and from nobody else. An ibadah that Allah has invited us. And Allah has given the invitation to be able to give to Nabi Ibrahim. And he has given the invitation very much like the invitation that Allah gives us every day of our life. When Allah have the adhan made for the dhuhr and for the asr and for the maghrib and for ishai and for fajr in the morning. Like that invitation, that is an invitation from Allah. Allah chooses the mu'adhin to make the adhan, but it's actual fact he's giving the invitation of Allah. So that form of invitation has come from Nabi Ibrahim and Allah has given it to Nabi Ibrahim and he has presented the invitation. Those people whom Allah has been sent the message for to be able to fulfill it, the Muslim needs to be able to do it, but who will be granted to go there for them? is those people who respond to that invitation. May Allah grant you and me to be able to be worthy of responding to that invitation of Allah Ta'ala, Ya Rabb. And may Allah grant us worthy of the favors that there is within that hajj that there is for humanity. Like Allah Ta'ala says, that maybe man may be able to witness the great favors of Allah. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant it for all of us, inshaAllah. And so, looking at the invitation being given, Sahuk is not the invitation. They're only the ones to recognize that you are worthy of being accepted as part of the people that needs to go for that here. And they probably would 
offer you the opportunity to be able to go this year, but you must probably not write for this year right now. Inshallah, you see that you work towards bring, being the, putting in all your effort and commitment to see that all the needs, because it's not going for Hajj, it's all about preparing. And now you need to work at high speed, at very high speed, at working at all the levels to see that you get high-speed Iman and Taqwa. You get high-speed uh, uh, um, uh, spirituality. And you get high-speed knowledge. And you get your knowledge and in, insight and understanding of what this deen is expected of you for Hajj. And you see that your moral character and quality is of the highest level. And you see that you prepare yourselves to be able to meet up with your Lord Allah. Bi-idhnillah. And you see that you go and show Allah your appreciation of this good favor. May Allah grant it, accept it from all of us and from you, inshallah. And may Allah grant it to happen soon. Beg of Allah to grant it to be able to happen soon. Because only Allah can give barakah in the processes of the wealth so that you can actually do the hajj in accordance. And may Allah accept from all of us. Ameen, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Shukran for answering that, Sheikh. And then there's another question that has come through on our WhatsApp number. And it says, yeah, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh, is one allowed to go on Umrah before one goes for Hajj? One is absolutely allowed to go for Umrah before you go for Hajj. As you've seen, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has gone for Umrah in the sixth year. He's gone again for, for Umrah in the seventh year. He then has gone for on, on, on the tenth year. And on the, the eighth year, when he did came, came, came for Fatul Makkah, he did an Umrah there. And then in the Tenth year when the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came for the Hajj, he also did the Umrah with the Hajj. So yes, one can do Umrah before the Hajj, and it's nothing wrong. It's actually encouraged. Yeah, shukran so much. However, I am looking at some of the SMSs that has come through, and it says here, "Assalamu alaikum. I would like to know if you accredited for Hajj this year, and I don't have the money. Can I go next year as well as if I get donations in the contribution to my Hajj?" Is it, accept, is it accepted to go? Can I go if I get donations? Yeah, um, the term using donations, I think, I think we must look at it slightly different in terminologies used. You say, if we call it donations, as if I depend and rely on others to be able to help me. Keep our link with Allah strong. Depend on Him. Nobody can give you a donation if it's not part of the rizik that Allah wants you to come to your way. And don't depend on that. Don't wait and ask and see that what can happen with donations because that is not recommended. It's strongly recommended that you put in the effort and see what you do out of go out of your way so that Allah can multiply the value of your wealth. And your effort that you put in to take your money and to use it furthermore for business purposes and to buy in things and to sell off, all that, don't worry. Leaving it in the bank is not the best thing to do. Leaving it somewhere, that, but use it for the purpose to be able to multiply its value and put effort and commitment in there, that is better than waiting for the handouts from others. May Allah forgive us and may Allah grant us to be of those people who puts in the necessary effort so that Allah can put barakah into our hajj, inshallah. Amen. Shukran so much. That now concludes our uh, question and answer session with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. However, Sheikh, way to from here onwards okay let us just complete we, we, we we've been um we've been just before the break before before the the, the that uh, uh 20 past break we we went onto the issue of the the hajj of the nabi and we said that we've got these two messages in the, the hajj of nabi and the one is the khutbah of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this he said the essence of that khutbah comes down to certain things the honor and dignity of humanity and of those that is muslim the second aspect the fact that you and i abstain from everything that is negative from everything that we actually lived with that is part of jahiliyyah and the Nabi says, everything of Jahili has come to an end. It's been negated by me. And the other thing is the issue of riba is destructive to man forever. Whether you call it whatever terminologies, especially in today's world, they call it all the fancy beautiful names, such as, uh, um, they call it such as, uh, 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 Sharia compliant, but with the intention to corrupt and to destroy and to expose you and me to everything that's riba and harmful and to allow us to interact with the negativity against Allah. Na'udhu Billah. 
And yes, but this is exactly the message of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on Hajj, where he says the issues of riba has come to total end. There's going to be no riba in Islam, and Islam is not going to entertain riba. And Allah makes an issue about the riba and say how harmful it is for humanity. So may Allah grant us the insight and the understanding and recognition and realize who we are and ask ourselves where are we supposed to be if we are where we are right now? Where are we? supposed to be as Muslims where shouldn't we have been and what could we not have done if we have been more submissive to the cause of Allah Ta'ala and then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam goes to the issue of the relationship between husband and wife and shown us how important it is both for husband to be able to recognize he needs to honor his his wife and he needs to revere the status that Allah has given to him similarly the wife has also been reprimanded by the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Where on this Hajj, the Nabi spoke to every woman, said to them, "Your responsibility is to honor and to revere your husband. If they speak to you, your life, your life success is all about your submission to Allah via the fact the way you treat your husband and the way you see your role to be support to him for the success of your family." May Allah open the path for all of us. Then the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam goes to important fact and says, I'm going to leave this world. What are you going to do? If I leave this world, what are you going to do? What do you say of my message? And then the Nabi says, Each and every one that is present here today, each and every one of you that listen to this lesson today, each and every one of you that know you've got the responsibility, you see that you take this message and your understanding, you pass it to the rest who does not have that understanding. So our duty is to see that we pass the understanding of the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to the rest of humanity for that will grant them the opportunity to enter into this deen of Islam. May Allah grant us to be real Muslims. And then on that very day Allah ta'ala revealed an important ayah and Allah ta'ala says to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati Today have I revealed to you, today, this very, very day, have I completed for you your deen, and have sent you all my favors, all my favors have given to you in this deen of Islam. And I will only be satisfied with Islam as a deen for humanity. Like the Islam of Nabi Adam, of Nabi Idris, Nabi Wood, Nabi Salih, Nabi Nuh, Nabi Lut, Nabi Ibrahim, and all the other Anbiya until Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, their submission to the cause of Allah Islam. I'm only satisfied with that as a religion. So if anybody has concocted any form of religion, it is not accepted and rejected by Allah. For the religion that there is has become a concocted, uncomfortable reality, which is not, not in total submission to the Lord of the universe, to the Lord of creation. It's not. And they've concocted it and corrupted it, and they've made it satanic and corruptive and destructive to man. And unfortunately, that is not what is the message from Allah via all the prophets from the beginning until the last prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which is the final prophet to humanity as a whole. If only humanity would want to open up their own minds and want to do the research in the message of Allah via Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they will find themselves in success for this world, but they will also be successful in the year after. May Allah grant you and me to be of those people. May Allah grant us to recognize Allah will only be satisfied with the deen of Islam for us to be Muslims. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah, and forgive us for our shortcomings. Shukran, jazakallah khair. And on that note, we bring ourselves to the very end when we Allah tells us, Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum, wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati, wa raditu lakum al-islam adina. In the history of Islam, when it so happened that um, some of the scholars heard that, or some of the people heard that this verse was revealed by Allah, the Jews said to, the, to Sayyidina Umar, if this verse was revealed to us, we would, it would have been a festivity for us on this day. 
So the Namar said, yes, to us it is a festivity. It is our festivity of the Hajj and the festivity of the Eid and the festivity of the slaughtering for Hajj, insha'Allah. So may Allah grant us, the Muslim Ummah, to realize the greatness and the glory of the Eid that lies ahead. And we recognize how fortunate we are that you and I are connected with the Hajj of all the Hujaj. And we keep ourselves connected and we see the beauty and the wonder of Allah saying, Today have I completed my religion. And you and I feel absolutely proud that Allah has connected us and you and me has taken us out of Jahiliyyah and granted us to be the Muslims of the day and time. And we realize how fortunate we are to be able to enjoy the favors of Allah. And that we need to be satisfied with this deen of Islam. And we work at our best to be able to, we be the real Muslims. And we carry Islam to the generations of the future. That we leave behind a legacy of proper Islam. That you and I and our children can be proud tomorrow before our entering into Jannah. With having to be able to be of those people who do our best to carry out this deen in the pattern given to us by our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shukran. And I want to say thank you to everybody for participating. And I feel so happy that Allah has granted me this opportunity that I could have shared with you this program. And um, I, I hope we've all grown and developed. Yes, I'm sure this is not for you only, this is for me as well. And this is for each and every Muslim out there. May Allah open the path and grant us success for whatever lies ahead, inshallah. And I want to say again, thank you for granting us the opportunity to be in your homes, to be able to speak to all of you there, to all the thousands out there. Make dua for us as well, that Allah grants us success for our future, and that we may be a means of benefit for ourselves and a benefit for everybody. Shukran so much, Sheikh, for that. We'll look into some of the adab and ahlaq for Hajj. And yeah, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to do that for us. Sheikh Tafadun. Shukran Jazakallah for that one, Yasmina. And most probably, if we do not mind, people, um, as, as Yasmina has mentioned, we, we're dealing with a very, very short process of the issue of the adab and akhlaq. We're going to mention some of the ayat that we've mentioned before. But we need to look at it at the adab and akhlaq of Allah Ta'ala putting these things down for the pure persons of people who come for Makkah or come for Hajj or come for Umrah. And that is in the words of Allah, Al-Hajju Ashhurum Ma'lumat in verse 197. Al-Hajju Ashhurum Suratul Baqarah, Surah number 2. Al-Hajju Ashhurum Ma'lumat, Faman Farada Fihin Al-Hajja Fala Rafatha Wala Fusuka Wala Jidala Fil Hajj. Allah Ta'ala chooses three qualities that Allah seems that is pertinent, could be the reason to nullify your complete Hajj. Fala Rafath. See that you are aware of Rafath. And we've said Rafath is the fact that man has the capacity to be able to be interactive with his partner. But Rafath is also everything that happens between the sexes, the opposite sexes, of thought, of dream, of action that you look at things or you see things or you look uh, to the opposite sex. And we are told and we've been taught in Islam to be developed and at the highest level of Islam. And Makkah is the only place and the only time where there is an ibadah of a very high standard. But your spirituality should be very, very high that you recognize that you do not put yourself at risk in the process of Rafath. It could be talk. It could be looking at the opposite sex from a male side to a female or a female side to the male. Or recognizing that these things is going to be free and there all the time. You've got to have a total cons- control of the self. And we said fusuk refers to sin. We reference as the ulama says major sin and minor sin. But it's not expected of people who come for hajj to be able to live in major sin. Because major sin would actually nullify your hajj. And may Allah protect that we are not people who would go into things that is shirk and, 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 and of that nature that is major sin or kufr. Na'udhu billah, may Allah protect all of us and the hujaj, inshaAllah. 
but more so than the minor sin. And that man doesn't take it for granted. Thus Allah says, Wala fusuqa. There should be no minor sins. You become so cognizant of yourself. You become aware of yourself. You take due introspection of who you are, who I am. And I work and recognizing, recognizing my strength and my weaknesses to fight against shaitan because he can do everything. He's, he cannot change the issue of granting you the forgiveness of Allah. He cannot change that because Allah is going to grant it to the, every hujaj. And if every haji asks Allah to be able to pardon anybody other, Allah's, Allah promises, Whoever you ask pardon for, I will also pardon them. Subhanak. May Allah pardon all of us, inshaAllah. And all the hujaj and grant them khair and barakah. But if a person does not work at the submission of his hajj, by having to realize shaitan is going to be there to be able to break it down, then unfortunately that issue of hajj makbul and mabrur seems to be an impossible issue if you and I are not going to work at recognizing what we must do and being submissive to Allah and doing the right things for the sake of Allah. May Allah pardon everybody. And the third one Allah says, Wala jidala fil hajj, and that there shouldn't be any uh, strangling, any uh, debates and arguments and, and things of that nature on hajj. May Allah grant our hujjah to come to realize that. The other important aspect is Allah speaks to us in Surah number 22, verse number 25, after Allah tells us how the non-Muslims uh, uh, will, will be dealing when it comes to ibadah, Allah says, وَمَن يُرِدَ فِيهِ بِإِلْحَادٍ بِذُلْمٍ Those of you who violate the laws of Allah on Hajj, Allah will give them and promise them an intense, severe punishment thereafter. A year I have to bring the lesson to an end. May Allah open the path for all of us. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim wal Asr. Inna al Insan al Fi Husr. Illa al Ladina Amanu wa Amilu Salihat. Watawasu bil Haki Watawasu bil Sabr. Wasallallahu ala Sayyidina wa Maulana Muhammad. Wa ala Alihi wa Sahabi wa Barik wa Salim. Subhanakallahumma wa Bihamdik Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastar Firuka wa Natubu ilayk walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We have reached the very end of uh, the program being Madrasani and also just before the ending of she has been speaking about the finer details in terms of Adab and Ahlaq and she has been rounding it off so beautifully in terms of the history of Hajj. I hope that you have truly benefited from this series and that uh, if you are going to be going for Hajj that it will be of a benefit to you and beneficial to you to your life as well as to your offspring and also to those of you who have seen through your questions we will be dealing with that on monday inshallah so same time same place from myself yasmina peterson along with everyone on board we bid you assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh